0: book three canto six of the fairy queen by edmund Spenser. this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by thomas copeland canto six the birth of fair belle phoebe and of amarat is told the gardens of adonis fraught with pleasures manifold well may i ween fair ladies all this while ye wonder how this noble damoiselle so great perfections did in her compile sit that in salvage forest she did dwell so far from court and royal citadel the great schoolmistress of all courtesy seemeth that such wild woods should far expel all civil usage and gentility and gentle sprite deform with rude rusticity but to this fair belphebe in her birth the heavens so favourable were and free looking with mild aspect upon the earth in the horoscope of her nativity that all the gifts of grace and chastity on her they poured forth of plenteous horn. Jove laughed on Venus from his sovereign sea, and Phoebus with fair beams did her adorn, and all the graces rocked her cradle being born. Her birth was of the womb of morning dew, and her conception of the joyous prime and all her whole creation did her shew pure and unspotted from all loathly crime that is ingenerate in fleshly slime. So was this virgin born, so was she bred, so was she trained up from time to time in all chaste virtue and true bounty head, till to her due perfection she was ripened. Her mother was the fair Chrysogony, the daughter of Amphisa, who by race a fairy was born of high degree she bore Belphoebe; she bore in like case fair Amoretta in the second place these two were twins and twixt them two did share the heritage of all celestial grace that all the rest it seemed they robbed bare of bounty and of beauty and all virtues rare It were a goodly story to declare by what strange accident fair Chrysogon conceived these infants, and how them she bare in this wild forest, wandering all alone, after she had nine months fulfilled and gone. For not as other women's common brood they were enwombed in the sacred throne of her chaste body, nor with common food as other women's babes they sucked vital blood, but wondrously they were begot and bred through influence of the heaven's fruitful ray, as it in antique books is mentioned. It was upon a summer's shiny day, when Titan fair his beam as did display, in a fresh fountain, far from all men's view, she bathed her breast, the boiling heat to lay. She bathed with roses red and violets blue, and all the sweetest flowers that in the forest grew, till... Faint through irksome weariness, adown upon the grassy ground herself she laid to sleep, the whiles a gentle slumbering swan upon her fell all naked bare displayed. The sunbeams bright upon her body played, being through former bathing mollified, and pierced into her womb, where they embayed with so sweet sense and secret power unspied that in her pregnant flesh they shortly fructified. Miraculous may seem to him that reads so strange an example of conception. But reason teacheth that the fruitful seeds of all things living, through impression of the sunbeams in moist complexion, do life conceive and quickened are by kind. So, after Nihilus inundation, infinite shapes of creatures men do find informed in the mud on which the sun hath shined great father he of generation is rightly called the author of life and light and his fair sister for creation ministereth matter fit which tempered right with heat and humor breeds the living white so sprung these twins in womb of chrysogon yet wist she not thereof but sore affright wondered to see her belly so upblown which still increased till she her term had full outgone. Whereof, conceiving shame and foul disgrace, Albeit her guiltless conscience her cleared, She fled into the wilderness a space, Till that unwieldy burden she had reared, And shunned dishonor, which as death she feared, Where, weary of long travel, down to rest herself She set and comfortably cheered, There a sad cloud of sleep her overcast, And seized every sense with sorrow sore oppressed it fortunate fair venus having lost her little son the winged god of love who for some slight displeasure which him crossed was from her fled as flit as airy dove and left her blissful bower of joy above so from her often he had fled away when she for aught him sharply did reprove and wandered in the world in strange array disguised in thousand shapes that none might him bewray him for to seek She left her heavenly house, the house of goodly forms and fair aspects, whence all the world derives the glorious features of beauty, and all shapes select, with which high God his workmanship hath decked, and searched every way through which his wings had borne him, or his tract she might detect. She promised kisses sweet and sweeter things unto the man that of him tidings to her brings, first she him sought in court where most he used while of the haunt but there she found him not but many there she found which sore accused his falsehood and with foul infamous blot his cruel deeds and wicked wiles did spot ladies and lords she everywhere mote here complaining how with his in shot their woeful hearts he wounded had while ere and so had left them languishing twixt hope and fear she then the city sought from gate to gate and every one did ask, did he him see, and every one her answered that too late he had him seen, and felt the cruelty of his sharp darts and hot artillery, and every one threw forth reproaches rife of his mischievous deeds, and said that he was the disturber of all civil life, the enemy of peace, and author of all strife. Then in the country she abroad him sought, and in the rural cottages inquired, where also many plaints to her were brought, how he their heedless hearts with love had fired, and his false venom through their veins inspired. And eke the gentle shepherd's swains, which sat keeping their fleecy flocks as they were hired, she sweetly heard complain both how and what her son had to them done. Yet she did smile thereat. But when in none of all these she him got, she gan of where else he mote him hide. At last she her bethought that she had not yet sought the salvage woods and forests wide, in which full many lovely nymphs abide, amongst whom might be that he did closely lie, or that the love of some of them him tied. For thee she thither cast her course to ply, to search the secret haunts of Dian's company." shortly unto the wasteful wood she came whereas she found the goddess with her crew after late chase of their imbrued game sitting beside a fountain in a rue some of them washing with the liquid dew from off their dainty limbs the dusty sweat and soil which did deform their lively hue others lay shaded from the scorching heat the rest upon her person gave attendance great she having hung upon a bough on high her bow and painted quiver had unlaced her silver buskins from her nimble thigh, and her lank loins ungirt and breasts unbraced, after her heat the breathing cold to taste. Her golden locks that late in tresses bright braided were, for hindering of her haste, now loose about her shoulders hung undight, and were with sweet ambrosia all besprinkled light. Soon as she Venus saw behind her back, she was ashamed to be so loose-surprised, and walks half wroth against her damsel slack that had not her thereof before avised but suffered her so carelessly disguised be overtaken soon her garments loose up gathering in her bosom she comprised well she might and to the goddess rose whiles all her nymphs did like a girl her turn close goodly she gan fair cytherea greet and shortly asked her what cause her brought into that wilderness for her unmeet from her sweet bowers and beds with pleasures fraught that sudden change she strange adventure thought to whom half weeping she thus answered that she her dearest son cupido sought who in his frowardness from her was fled that she repented sore to have him angered thereat diana gan to smile in scorn of her vain plaint and to her scoffing said great pity sure that ye be so forlorn of your gay son that gives ye so good aid to your disports ill mote ye be paid but she was more engrieved and replied fair sister ill beseems it to upbraid a doleful heart with so disdainful pride the like that mine may be your pain another tide as you in woods and wanton wilderness your glory set to chase the savage beasts so my delight is all in joyfulness in beds in bowers in banquets and in feasts and ill becomes you with your lofty crests to scorn the joy that jove is glad to seek we both are bound to follow heaven's behests and tend our charges with obeisance meek spare gentle sister with reproach my pain to eke, and tell me if that ye my son have heard to lurk amongst your nymphs in secret wise or keep their cabins Much I am afeard, lest he, like one of them himself, disguise, and turn his arrows to their exercise. So may he long himself full easy hide, for he is fair, and fresh in face and guise, as any nymph. Let not it be envied. So saying, every nymph full narrowly she eyed. But Phoebe therewith sore was angered, and sharply said, Go, dame go seek your boy where you him lately left in mars's bed he comes not here we scorn his foolish joy to lend we leisure to his idle toy but if i catch him in this company by Stygian lake i vow who sat or o'er the gods do dread he dearly shall abide i'll clip his wanton wings that he no more shall fly whom when as venus saw so sore displeased she inly sorry was and gan relent what she had said so her she soon appeased with sugared words and gentle blandishment, which as a fountain from her sweet lips went, and welled goodly forth, that in short space she was well pleased, and forth her damsels sent through all the woods, to search from place to place, if any tract of him or tidings they might trace. To search the god of love her nymphs she sent throughout the wandering forest everywhere, and after them herself eke with her went, to seek the fugitive both far and near. So long they sought, till they arrived were in that same shady covert, whereas lay fair Chrysogone in slumbery trance while ere, who in her sleep, a wondrous thing to say, unwares had borne two babes, as fair as springing day. Unwares she them conceived, unwares she bore. She bore without in pain that she conceived without in pleasure. Nay her need implore Lucina's aid, Which, when they both perceived, They were through wonder nigh of sense bereaved, And gazing each on other, not bespake. At last they both agreed, her seeming grieved, Out of her heavy swoon not to awake, But from her loving side the tender babes to take. Up they them took, each one a babe uptook, And with them carried to be fostered. Dame Phoebe, to a nymph her babe betook to be upbrought in perfect maidenhead, and of herself her name Phoebe read. But Venus, hers, thence far away conveyed to be upbrought in goodly womanhead, and in her little lovestead which was strayed her amaretta called to comfort her dismayed. She brought her to her joyous paradise, where most she wants when she on earth does dwell so fair a place as nature can devise whether in paphos or citharon hill or in be, i would not well but well i wot by trial that this same all other pleasant places does excel and call it is by her lost lover's name the garden of adonis far renowned by fame in that same garden all the goodly flowers wherewith dame nature doth her beautify, and decks the garlands of her paramours are fetched. There is the first seminary of all things that are born to live and die according to their kinds. Long work it were here to account the endless progeny of all the weeds that bud and blossom there, but so much as doth need must needs be counted here. It sighted was in fruitful soil of old, and Gertian with two walls on either side. The one of iron, the other of bright gold, that none might thorough break nor overstride, and double gates it had, which opened wide, by which both in and out men moten pass, the one fair and fresh, the other old and dried. Old genius the porter of them was, old genius, the which a double nature has. He letteth in, he letteth out, to wend all that to come into the world desire a thousand thousand naked babes attend about him day and night which do require that he with fleshly weeds would them attire such as him list such as eternal fate ordaineth hath he clothes with sinful mire and sendeth forth to live in mortal state till they again return back by the hinder gate after that they again return at Bean, they in that garden planted be again and grow afresh as they had never seen fleshly corruption nor mortal pain. Some thousand years, so done they there remain. And then of him are clad with other hue, or sent into the changeful world again, till thither they return, where first they grew. So like a wheel around they run from old to new. Ne Needs there a gardener to set or sow, to plant or prune, for of their own accord all things as they created were to grow. And yet remember well the mighty word which first was spoken by the Almighty Lord, That bade them to increase and multiply. Nor do they need with water of the ford, or of the clouds, To moisten their roots dry, for in themselves eternal moisture they imply. Infinite shapes of creatures there are bred, And uncouth forms which none yet ever knew. And every sort is in a sundry bed set by itself, And ranked in comely rue. Some fit for reasonable souls to you, some made for beasts, some made for birds to wear, and all the fruitful spawn of fishes hew in endless ranks along and ranged it were that seemed the ocean could not contain them there. Daily they grow, and daily forth are sent into the world. It to replenish more, yet is the stock not lessened nor spent, but still remains in everlasting store as it at first created was of yore. For in the wide womb of the world there lies, in hateful darkness, and in deep horror, a huge, eternal chaos, which supplies the substances of nature's fruitful progenies. All things from thence do their first being fetch, and borrow matter whereof they are made, which, when as form and feature it does catch, becomes a body, and doth then invade the state of life out of the grisly shade. That substance is a turn, and bideth so. when the life decays and form does fade doth it consume and into nothing go but change it is and often altered to and fro the substance is not changed nor altered but only form and outward fashion for every substance is conditioned to change her hue and sundry forms to dawn meet for her temper and complexion for forms are variable and decay by course of kind and by occasion and that fair flower of beauty fades away as doth the lily fresh before the sunny ray great enemy to it and to all the rest that in the garden of adonis springs is wicked time who with his scythe addressed does mow the flowering herbs and goodly things and all their glory to the ground down flings WHERE THEY DO WITHER AND ARE foully MARRED. HE FLIES ABOUT WITH HIS FLAGGY WINGS, BEATS DOWN BOTH LEAVES AND BUDS WITHOUT REGARD. Nay ever PITY MAY RELENT HIS MALICE HARD. YET PITY OFTEN DID THE GODS RELENT, TO SEE SO FAIR THINGS MARRED AND SPOIL IT QUITE. AND THEIR GREAT MOTHER VENUS DID LAMENT THE LOSS OF HER DEAR BROOD, HER DEAR DELIGHT. HER HEART WAS PIERCED WITH PITY AT THE SIGHT. When walking through the garden them she spied, yet note she find redress for such despite. For all that lives is subject to that law. All things decay in time, and to their end do draw. But were it not that time their troubler is, all that in this delightful garden grows should happy be, and have immortal bliss. For here all plenty, and all pleasure flows, and sweet love gentle fits amongst them throws, without fell rancor or fond jealousy. Frankly, each paramour his lemon knows, each bird his mate, nay any does envy their goodly merriment and gay felicity. There is continual spring, and harvest their continual, both meeting at one time. For both the boughs do laughing blossoms bear, and with fresh colors deck the wanton prime, and eke at once the heavy trees they climb, which seem to labor under their fruit's load. The whiles the joyous birds make their pastime amongst the shady leaves their sweet abode, and their true loves without suspicion tell abroad. Right in the midst of that paradise there stood a stately mount, on whose round top a gloomy grove of myrtle trees did rise, whose shady boughs sharp steel did never lop, nor wicked beasts their tender buds did crop, but like a girl encompassed the height, and from their fruitful sides sweet gum did drop, that all the ground with precious dupedite threw forth most dainty odors and most sweet delight. And in the thickest covert of that shade there was a pleasant arbor, not by art, but of the tree's own inclination made, which knitting their rank branches part to part with wanton ivy twine and trailed athwart, and eglantine and caprivol among, fashioned above, within their inmost part, that... Neither Phoebus' beams could through them throng, Nor Eolus' sharp blast could work them any wrong. And all about grew every sort of flower, To which sad lovers were transformed of yore. Fresh Hyacinthus, Phoebus' paramour, and dearest love, Foolish Narcissus that likes the watery shore, Sad Amaranthus made a flower but late, Sad Amaranthus, in whose purple gore I icy amintus' wretched fate. To whom sweet poet's verse hath given endless date there wont fair venus often to enjoy her dear adonis joyous company and reap sweet pleasure of the wanton boy there yet some say in secret he does lie lapid in flowers and precious spicery by her hid from the world and from the skill of stygian gods which do her love envy but she herself whenever that she will possesseth him and of his sweetness takes her fill and sooth it seems they say for he may not for ever die and ever buried be in baleful night where all things are forgot All be he subject to mortality yet is etern in mutability and by succession made perpetual transform it oft and change it diversly for him the father of all forms they call. Therefore needs moti live that living gives to all. There now he liveth in eternal bliss, joying his goddess, and of her enjoyed. Nefeareth he henceforth that foe of his, which with his cruel tusk him deadly cloyed, for that wild boar the which him once annoyed she firmly hath imprisoned for a, that her sweet love his malice mote avoid in a strong rocky cave which is they say hewn underneath that mount that none him loosen may there now he lives in everlasting joy with many of the gods in company which thither haunt and with the winged boy sporting himself in safe felicity who when he hath with spoils and cruelty ransacked the world and in the woeful hearts of many wretches set his triumphs high thither resorts, and laying his sad darts aside, with fair Adonis plays his wanton parts. And his true love fair Psyche with him plays fair Psyche, to him lately reconciled, after long troubles and unmeet upbraise, with which his mother Venus her reviled, and eke himself her cruelly exiled. But now in steadfast love and happy state she with him lives, and hath him borne a child, pleasure, that doth both gods and men a great, Pleasure, the daughter of Cupid and Psyche late. Hither great Venus brought this infant fair, the younger daughter of Chrysogony, and unto Psyche with great trust and care committed her, if fostered to be, and trained up in true feminity, who no less carefully her tendered than her own daughter Pleasure, to whom she made her companion, and her lessoned in all the lore of love and goodly womanhood in which when she to perfect ripeness grew of grace and beauty noble paragon she brought her forth into the world's view to be then zample of true love alone and lodestar of all chaste affection to all fair ladies that do live on ground to fairy court she came where many one admired her goodly haviour and found his feeble heart wide launched with love's cruel wound but she to none of them her love did cast save to the noble knight Sir Scudamore, to whom her loving heart she linked fast in faithful love to bide for evermore, and for his dearest sake endured sore, sore trouble of an heinous enemy, who her would force it have to have forlore her former love and steadfast loyalty, as ye may elsewhere read that rueful history." But well, I ween, ye first desire to learn what end unto that fearful damosel, which fled so fast from that same foster stern, whom with his brethren Timaeus slew, befell. That was to weep the goodly Florimel, who, wandering for to seek her lover dear, her lover dear, her dearest Marinel, into misfortune fell, as ye did hear, and from Prince Arthur fled with wings of idle fear. End of book three Canto six Recording by Thomas Copeland.